0: Welcome to the Complex Couple Podcast, where we strive to find common ground in an uncommon world. We take a look at what's happening all around us, attempt to make sense of it all, and try not to kill each other in the process. We are the Complex Couple, Jennifer Hooper and Keith Silva. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Complex Couple Podcast. My name is Jennifer Hooper, and I am here with my beloved husband, Keith Silva. Hello, Keith. Hello, wife. (laughs) Happy Saturday. We don't usually record on a Saturday.
1: We don't. We're playing catch up a little bit. A little bit. Yep.
0: I know. I know. So in this episode, we are going to share the lessons that we have learned from our failed marriages. And we just thought it would be nice to throw it out there to the people who are married, who are thinking about getting married, or even people who are divorced and uh, to inspire and say, here's how you can look at it. There are, like Keith says, a way to make lemonade out of piss. I say lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> That's why we're complex. <laughs> right
1: yes yes and it just gets more complex
0: yeah no kidding Mm -hmm. um but look i'm wearing a t-shirt for those of you watching it on uh youtube that says the complex couple look at the back it has our can you see it? it has our logo yes yes and um i also have a tank top poor keith hasn't gotten any of his merch (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like waiting. Like, why can't I get at least a tank top or something? I know. Right?
0: I know. But you have a hoodie on the way and you have a t shirt on the way. Yeah. They're coming. They're coming. Mm-hmm. But this has been super fun. I love our merchandise. So that will be available on our website in the near future. I haven't quite gotten mm-hmm. that up and running yet. But we got these samples that are awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. I do want to say one thing I want to yeah. give some recognition to my beloved spouse who has done a lot of the technical stuff, you know, ordering merchandise, creating merchandise, creating our logo, taking care of all the platforms. What a lovely lady. Honest. Aww. I'm a lovely lady. <laughs> so guess and what? What have you
0: done, honey? <laughs> <laughs> you drive um, us around. You take care of I the do. dog.
1: You yep. clean the kitchen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. I'm support. I'm a logistics kind firm. of guy.
0: Absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. I know can't have one without the other.
1: You can't. There's balance. It's got to be yeah. balance on the boat, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hey, do you want to tell people, uh, give an update on our search for a quote home?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's evolved and I,
0: over time.
1: It has. And we've changed, you know, we've changed ideas a few times, but um, the past week, Jennifer and I have actually looked at a few different RVs and then yesterday, I ended up searching online for about three hours, and found some. Uh, so I went and I took a look at a few, and I found this one that just stood out, and that's the one that I went back. Jennifer and I looked at it, and I think that's going to be our purchase. I'm going to get a no. real good deal. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully, I'm excited. Get a great deal. It's
0: very comfortable. It's the right weight for our van to mm-hmm. tow. Has a big bathroom for an RV.
1: Yes. And it's at the rear. So all the noises that are associated with the twosie, I don't have to (laughs) deal with with Jennifer. It's like, she'll be on the other side of the thing. I can sit back and read my book. You're worried.
0: Yeah. You're worried.
1: (laughs) Even Anubis. He's like, (laughs) is she okay, dad? I'm like, yeah, she's okay. So once it
0: is in our possession, we will post pictures on our Facebook page, on Instagram. we're very very excited oh and the other big news is that as of today we have a signed purchase and sale agreement on our house so that is actually going to sell we have there's a buyer which is incredibly excited and now there's a lot of work to do a lot of packing
1: yeah there's there's going to be this tsunami of activity coming up in the next couple of months yeah so we do have a lot to do so um prior to getting this rock and rolling but we're piecing it together one day at a time. Really
0: excited. Yes. We we roll with it. That's how we we operate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the lessons, I just want to give a quick shout out to Mark Stein. If you need a marketing coach, he is your guy. He will guide you. He will um, teach you. He will offer suggestions on anything that you need to promote your business. I love Mark. He's such a great guy. Um, even if you don't know if you need a marketing coach or you need marketing services, just send him an email and talk to him on the phone. He is easy. There's no pressure. There's no like salesiness to him, just real authentic, real... Uh, compassionate, great guy. His email address is mark at outmarket.pro. He sponsors this podcast for us, and we are very grateful uh, for his support. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to Kayla Mahar at Sinography Graphics. She did a phenomenal job putting our logo and all of in our URL and all of that on our van. Our van is called Flake, Flake the van, short for Snowflake, because she's white and we live in Maine for now. And uh, if you need any kind of signage, vinyl siding for your uh, vehicle, please reach out to her. She does an amazing job. And she added like some extras that we didn't expect in her design. And I was like, yes, we want to do that, totally.
1: Yeah, and I I have been getting a few uh, looks at it where people will actually look at the van as we drive by, and I mean, it says a complex couple, but the colors and the quality of yes. what she did is is outstanding. It looks like it's painted on. It really does.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. we have business cards, so when people ask us about the van, we can give them one of these.
1: Yes.
0: I know. Super excited. Okay, enough blah, blah, blah. Let's dive yes. in.
1: I'm ready. All right.
0: So I have, a, I have three lessons that have come to mind for me in terms of my marriage. Um, do you want me to start or do you want to start?
1: No, you can go ahead. Ladies first.
0: Okay. I, first of all, want to say that I have no uh, malice, ill will, bitterness at all toward my ex-husband. I can say that. Am, <laughs> you're such a liar. You talk to Kim every day just about Okay.
1: Boy, make me sound Um, like such a wuss. (laughs) I'm sorry for divorcing you. You, I love (laughs) you so much.
0: No, I am so thankful for the years that I had with my first husband and the children that we raised and uh, the experiences that we had. We were together, I was figuring this out, like almost 19 years from the time we started dating to the time we got divorced. And um, it was a wild ride. And These are lessons that I have learned about myself. And so the first one is really (laughs) the value and the importance of expressing myself, of really sharing my emotions, sharing my feelings, and what I think in a kind way. Because I have a history from my first marriage of just swallowing them down and really believing that... um, I always had to compromise. That I always had to give in that, I, that my feelings didn't matter. And that created a lot of problems for me later, later on. So that is my big one. You've probably never had a problem with that. You're good at expressing yourself.
1: Well, you know, to be completely honest, I think being younger and probably a lot more aggressive I probably, well, I didn't probably, let's be honest, Keith, I'm going to be transparent here. Uh, I was definitely more aggressive. I mean, I didn't have a problem saying what I was feeling. It wasn't so much what I said, it was how I said it. I was highly aggressive being younger, coming out of the military. I I was like, when something happened, I was like more, um, just more aggressive in the way I handled things, which was not the right way to do it being older and more mature and maybe a little wiser and realizing that that aggression wasn't healthy to my marriage was uh that's one of my lessons it's like one of the things is that it's
0: not what you say it's how you say it
1: yes is that
0: what you're saying
1: yes mean what you say but don't be mean when you say it
0: oh yeah that's good Mm -hmm. that's really good so In my marriage to you, I have to work really hard at saying how I feel. And it's super uncomfortable sometimes. It feels so vulnerable sometimes to really share because I'm the type of person who, like, in a way, kind of likes to live in a bubble. I I I like processing internally. I do not like sharing externally until I've got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not the best answer because I can come across as being uh, closed off or elusive or non-communicative. I mean, you probably have even better words since you have to live with me.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, those are all probably, you know, factual statements. But I, I do realize it, though. I've been around so many people in my life that some, you know, some eggs are harder to crack than others. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. so uh, and if you crack them too hard, they break and then you don't get to eat anything. So there's a balance in that. But I do think everything you said is true. But I also see over the 20 months that I've known you now, there's been some changes, you know, I mean, I and I can see that you realize it like we'll be in a conversation. It's almost like I start to see this look like I don't want to talk about this. But then you kind of like come back around.
0: Yeah. 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 So Mm -hmm. that's still a work in progress for me, but I do understand and recognize the value of not shoving down your feelings. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very important. You know, it's, well, I guess it depends on the type of relationship you have. If you have one person who is really, you know, open and open to, you know communication dialogue whatever you know getting outside your comfort zone it's you've got to find some balance in there because if one person has all these things that they're feeling they want to share they want to engage in and the other person is just clamped up i don't see how that relationship is going to last long term okay yeah i mean that's you just me be right mm-hmm. and
0: i i have to say that for me sometimes you will ask me things questions whether it's about my feelings or <clears throat> what's on my mind that I'm not ready to share. And so rather than say nothing, I'm trying to do a better job of saying, I'm not ready to talk about that right Mm -hmm. now. Yes. I do forget. But again, that's another thing that I can work on.
1: That's a work in progress.
0: I'm happy to share, but not right now.
1: Yep. And that's where one of mine comes in. So.
0: Okay. So it it relates.
1: Yep. So this would be not worrying about, or trying to fix everything in a moment. You know, if she's not in a good place or say she's got stuff on her mind, she's, she's not in a bad place, she's just got shit on her mind. I pick up on that and I might engage with her and say, hey, is there anything I can do? What's going on? Where's your head? How are you feeling? And sometimes she just doesn't have an answer. So the young like- Yeah, like that just makes like, it worse. Yeah, it's just like you're putting pressure on her. Yeah. And one of the things or one of the big things I learned is that you don't need to fix shit. You know, sometimes it's just not broken. It's just that that's where they're at.
0: Or even if I share something, I'm not looking for a solution. I don't need you to fix what I may be frustrated with. I'm just telling you. I think that's mm-hmm. really common among men and women. Women just yeah. want to get stuff off their chest and men want to fix it. Or yes. so I've heard.
1: Well, that's, that's in the data. That's science. That's been right. proven. You know, yeah. men, how did I hear this lately or recently? Men are interested in material things. Okay. And women are more interested in conversation and relationships.
0: Material yeah. things being like.
1: Guns, trucks, trucks and... motorcycles, okay. you know, we're driven okay. by materialistic goods, you know?
0: Cause I think typically men have a hard time expressing their feelings.
1: Yes. I I'm You're not not saying, aren't, yeah. aren't one of them. It's
0: like role reversal for us in our marriage.
1: But I, I grew up in a household where you know, the man did not share his emotions. And I was caught in this situation. I was like the middle person between my stepfather and my mom. So they didn't know how to talk to each other. Matter of fact, like very little communication about anything that had quality or depth or deep conversation. So I was kind of trapped in the middle of this and I realized that I suspect that a lot of women do not have a spouse to kind of share their emotions with. Yeah. Because a lot of men just don't want to go there. They don't have time or they, or it's not, you know, it's not like, well, I don't want to talk about this shit. Yeah. I'm too busy. I got too much shit on my mind. What do you need? What can I do for you?
0: How can I fix it and make this go away? (laughs) Yeah. Which
1: I still do, but I'm willing to Mm -hmm. talk about like, uh, sometimes I'm, maybe I'm the more feminine one in this relationship. I don't know. Got some messaging going in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? I still fight
0: with the best of them. Uh, all right. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. So number two, love.
0: So next up for me is that, um, I, I feel like in my first marriage, I did a lot of giving. I had to, to, in my mind, make sure everybody else was okay before I could take anything for myself. Meaning like some time or a day or, you know, reading a magazine or watching a TV show. Like all of that stuff got pushed way down on the priority list that I only created in my own mind. And so I made sure everybody else's needs were met before my own. And I now believe that it's really important to fill my own cup, to make sure I'm okay, because that makes it easier for me to give to others. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I didn't see it that way. Um, You know, as a wife, as a mom, I just felt like I got to make sure everybody is fed and gets to where they want to go and has, you know, their emotional needs met. But it did come at a cost for my own well-being. Mm. So another way to look at that is that it's, um, it's almost like this if-than statement. Like, if I don't give to anyone, I mean to everyone, then I won't be loved. And that's not true. That's, mm-hmm. that's really not true. But I think that's how I... Ma- mapped it out in my mind on a subconscious level.
1: Is that something that might be related to self-worth?
0: Um, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I really be- valued everybody else for myself. So yeah, probably.
1: Okay. All right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Anything to add to that? Anything you struggled with?
1: I Well... I think initially in my marriage, for the first few years, um, I was struggling with an identity. That was my big problem. Mm, yes. So yeah. I, I didn't have an identity. I was you know, just basically out of the service, and I was you know, getting used to civilian life, which was really difficult for me because I'm, I'm more team-oriented and mission-oriented, so I like, I, I like the atmosphere I was in versus being a family man. But I didn't know that prior to getting married. So I got married and a year later I had a kid. And I realized I just wasn't, I didn't feel good about myself. I looked in the mirror. I didn't like what I saw. I'm gaining weight. uh, I'm struggling. like, Like, what's the purpose out here? Is it all about money, the house, the white picket fence, making babies? And none of that, I hate to say that, there was a part of me that wanted it. And then the more I moved in that direction, The other part of me hated me for doing that and for being in that situation. So I just – all of a sudden, I imploded. That's really what happened. And it wasn't because my wife was a bad wife at the time. She was just like me. It was a new – this whole new lifestyle. And I didn't want to embrace it. I did not like it after a while. And uh, The
0: the traditional, like, family life, house marriage thing.
1: No. I did not want to settle down. And the more Mm. that I tried to do it, the more I hated myself. And it got to a point, it was so bad that I didn't really have anything good to say. I mean, I hated the idea of being married. I loved my two daughters, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you know what? I could have kids without being married. Or I could impregnate a woman and whatever. I mean, do I really need to be married to have kids? Um, I don't know. It's just identity was really a big struggle for me. It took me a long time. And, you know, until... I was able to get away from my marriage and really look in the mirror and start getting counseling. You know, that was, it was like such a black area. I didn't even want to go there, but eventually I found out that it's not that I hated my wife or hated family life. I didn't like myself. I had to find that balance, you know, that worked for me that made me feel good about being alive, I Mm -hmm. guess, you know?
0: I think that's a really good point. Identity, can sometimes get lost in a marriage. I feel like my identity was muffled. Like I didn't know who I was because Mm -hmm. I was just making sure everyone else was okay. And you know what? My husband may have a different memory of how that (laughs) experience was in marriage, but I can look back and that's how my experience was. I really had no idea what I wanted or what I needed. And in our marriage now, I... I mean, it kind of goes back to point number one, like having to express myself. Like I now know I'm a person who needs to be alone sometimes. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean that um, we're not okay. It just means a part of my identity is to recharge my batteries by being without you. Mm -hmm. And I, that's really big self-awareness about my own identity. Mm -hmm. That was definitely lost. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think the the idea of a traditional marriage, even though it sounds so good, okay, you know, it's like, okay, the house, the white picket fence, the kids and stuff, that just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I can can openly look at it now. It's like, I'm not looking for the traditional marriage. And that doesn't mean having multiple partners or not being responsible, but...
0: Or faithful. I mean, we we believe strongly in that.
1: Yes. You know, so that's not part of it, but I, I don't... I like having the freedoms. I like having my space. Um, you know, like my wife is like, I don't look at her as a wife. I mean, that's the title by us getting married. She, legally, she's my wife, but she's my best friend. And I have to remember that. So I take away, I strip away that she has, I, I, it's going to sound war, that she has female genitalia. Strip that away, right? Okay. I mean, she does, but <laughs> the point is, you know, if a lot of men treated their spouses like their best male friends and gave that respect to their wives, there might be more marriages that are sustaining longer periods of time. So I just look at Jennifer, like she's my best friend. And if she needs time alone that she's, not, she's not doing anything wrong. She needs time alone. I need time alone. So we're, I have a lot of friends that have traditional marriages. They don't do anything without the other. And if, if they do, sometimes that might be a struggle, right? But we don't, we don't need to be traditional. We just need mm-hmm. to keep our identity and, and be fair and equal to each other and loving enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at what we're about to do. It's far from traditional. We're about to give up everything, including a home and be on the road. So we both have that desire for freedom and movement and, you know, adventure.
1: Yeah. And that's scary. I'm not going to lie and say that. Oh, it is scary. Yeah. It's like, I got to live in an RV with a dog and a wife my my best friend but you know and i can have a house I can, but i got a lot of things like do a laundry i gotta figure out i gotta figure right, out like right you know where am i gonna get toilet paper from when i'm out in the middle of nowhere i mean that's not a big deal but these are just the little things that come up so yeah, yeah, yeah some things are nothing...
0: simplified and some things are complicated
1: yes absolutely yeah. i would yep.
0: agree with that so okay should we move on third one yes my third one is that I now believe that the kids shouldn't come first in a marriage, (laughs) that your spouse should come first. And I, again, think I overemphasize the needs of the kids over the needs of my first husband. Unknowingly, you know, not out of malice, not out of spite or bitterness, but like, no, we can't do that because, you know, blah, blah, blah. We have to do this. And I am a big proponent of weekly date nights with your spouse, especially when you have kids. And I have a lot of respect for those couples who manage to do that and prioritize it. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I totally agree with you. I said that when I first got married to my spouse because my spouse is a great person. She is a lovely person beautiful woman. But we had differences. And, in, in, you know, your priority to your children right off the bat when they're born is their physical health and mental health, right? Because they both play a part. But the foundation of, of the whole house of cards is between the husband and the wife, the father and mother. Yeah. If their shit is fucked up, then your kids are going to be messed up. I don't care what anybody says, right? And what's even more important than that is that if, if my mental health or physical health is in question. I'm drinking too much alcohol. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm depressed. I'm not taking my meds or whatever's going on. Then that is affecting my wife. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them. So in a way, it's really you've got to take care of you first.
0: Yes. And then
1: your spouse. And and then that is built upon because if you're a train wreck, the relationship's going to be a train wreck.
0: That's a good point.
1: That's mm-hmm. a really
0: good point. It is the and, foundation.
1: It is, and my ex-wife and I, we used to argue all the time. I'm like, the kids don't come first; we do, you do, I do, and uh, you know that was that was a cultural difference a little bit too, because you know Kimmy's Italian, comes from an Italian family, and the kids are everything. So um, I'll give you a quick example if we have time for a cultural difference. So after my ex-wife and I got married, we went to Tennessee, and my mother has old mountain relatives they, they're old mountain people they're not educated some of them have never went to school don't read or write they're hillbilly but in their culture the men eat first then the women and then the children so the first time I brought that's her down so there,
0: foreign to me
1: It is. It's foreign to everybody. But I was used to it because going down there all the time, that's how it worked. And we're talking about this, you know, these are poor, poor people. So you've got this little shitty-ass trailer that might be 60 feet long, little kitchen. You've got – you could have 10 uh, men in there, 10 wives, kids. So the men go to this little eating area, and they make enough room for everyone, and then the women will – Basically, eat the food is all on the table. But when I brought my ex-wife down there the first time, she just sat down amongst all these men, and I didn't stop her because I'm kind of like, it's my it's my wife, right? I'm right. so, but I'm getting dirty looks from everybody. Like, hey, this isn't the so way. So socially,
0: do it. in that context, in that family, that was a big.
1: Oh, you know, and wow. no one said anything. And my mother's father, who was a real hardcore hillbilly, didn't read or write. He liked my ex-wife. And that might have been one of the reasons why he didn't really say anything to me or Mm. to me later. But it's just so foreign. And uh, I, I actually asked that question one time, you know, why do the men eat and then the women? And it was based on workload. The men work the longest, the hardest. And they tend to die the soonest, so everything is done to cater to them to keep them strong and vibrant. And then the women who do the second amount of work, which they might do more work in the home, but they're not chopping down trees. It's
0: physical labor versus, yeah. I mean, trust me, they're working.
1: Yes, and I'm not saying they're not. So that kind of that can't. But the men, these men, are not doing anything. You know. they're not and doing desk jobs. No, they are busting their ass, yep. ten or twelve hours a day, hard physical labor every day, and, and a lot of times it's six days a week. So yep. there, you know, there's that difference, and uh, you know, it, it, like I said, you know, it took a long time for you know my wife to kind of see that we are culturally different.
0: Yes,
1: but I don't. Know. I yeah, I don't believe in that myself, mm-hmm. because we don't work that hard anymore. I mean, I, I worked really hard when I was in service, physical labor, but to work that hard like those guys did six days a week, cutting down trees in the middle of nowhere as loggers and, yeah. and backwoodsmen. I mean, shit. I, I, I mean, it's just crazy. It's hard work. Yeah. It is. So, anyways, uh, I didn't mean to get off on a tirade on that.
0: No, no, that was good.
1: You know, but. So. Um. <clears throat>
0: So where are we at? I shared my last one. Kids shouldn't come first. And yes. That's where, where we took a deep dive into the relationship
1: mm-hmm. and
0: ourselves need to come first.
1: Uh, I think my last one, something I learned, I didn't listen to my ex-wife like I should, like I do. As the years have gone on, I've become a much better listener. Uh, I think because, you know, part of me, I hate to say this, I was very aggressive. And I still am, and John are going to say, well, you know, it doesn't take, if I hit that switch, so that's something I've been working on for, for decades, you know, but I think listening, like really listening, I mean, think about that, you know, your wife's in the background talking and you know, you're, you're in the room with her and you know, I'm deaf, you know, my hearing has appeared anyways, but I have to work really hard. At times, to just hear her, you know, just just verbally. But then I have to like work hard on actually paying attention to what she says because I've been alone a long time, and I hate stupid people. So when I hear stupid people talking in the background around me, I have a switch that says they don't exist. I don't even see them, never mind hear them. But with my <laughs> with my beloved, I I make a, it's I should say it's a huge effort, but I. I really try to listen to what you say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I'm a better listener. And I, that's something I didn't do when I was married to my first wife. I didn't listen to half the shit she said. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: and I appreciate that. I appreciate the lesson that you've learned. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. get into some really deep conversations sometimes. And I, I do feel heard.
1: I, I think uh, I Although sometimes more. it's
0: hard to get a word in edgewise. You do like to talk too. <laughs> as long as I listen to you.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say. I know I do. I do. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, um, you have another
1: one. Yeah. Well, this is, I'm not sure if this is something that I learned in my first marriage or it's just based on time and getting older, but, and I know this is, this is going to sound out there, but I don't chase my spouse for sex the way I did in my first marriage. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah.
0: Are we sure about that? No. no.
1: What I'm I'm saying, what I'm saying is I'm driven to spend time with her doing whatever she wants to do, as opposed to just trying to get her in bed. And that's, that's something, you know, when I was married the first time, it's like, I was always thinking about oh, I can't wait till tonight. Can't wait till tonight. And with my, with, with my, you know, my marriage and my relationship with you, that's not the case. You know, yeah. I look forward to doing things like going grocery shopping or spending time or going for a walk or playing cards. These are all things that when I was younger, I'm like, time for that. I got, other things. I was, I got Well, other it kind things of was
0: g- related and goes back to your lesson about, um, your spouse being your best friend, yes. So that yes. you're having experiences on a whole range or a whole s- wide scope of planes, not just one physical plane.
1: Yes, you know. And the other part of this is that I help clean, I help cook, I do things now that traditionally a lot of people. I mean, maybe it's more common now because you know society's changed a little bit. Yeah, but where we grew up. In the household I grew up in, my father, my stepfather didn't clean shit. I mean, if if he was sitting on the toilet and he ran out of toilet paper, he wouldn't even get up to get himself. Hey, somebody get me some toilet paper. That's how
0: Has he changed much?
1: No. No, he hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, he so. refuses to change. Yeah. You know, but I think Jennifer you know, for us, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but Jennifer and I, we have a good balance. Mm-hmm. I can, I'll look at her and say, hey, you look a little tired today, or do you want to cook? Nah, I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And and clean, and, and there's balance, you know, we look out for each other. We, that's
0: true. we do look out for each other.
1: Yeah, and that's what human beings are supposed to do, look out for each other. Yes. I don't need a title. I mean, do I really need a title that says I'm a husband to be good to this other human being when I know she's tired or she's sick or she needs help? Yeah. So, do I need an invitation for that? I mean, if, if you're first off, you're supposed to be friends, never mind husband, wife, lovers, whatever. So, yeah. I mean, I don't need to be prodded to do the right thing. So, and the world
0: needs more of uh, helping each other out. And starting in the marriage is a great place to start and then take it out into the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for, um, like for myself, The idea of looking out for someone else is a huge motivator for me. It probably was when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. why I joined the service. You know, I can take care of myself without thought. I can feed myself. I can go to the bathroom. I can drink water. I can do all those things. I can sustain and get the things that I need. But to really look out after other human beings, that takes, first off, it takes an awareness. That means that you can't always be thinking about yourself. You know, you're Mm -hmm. always Focused on your needs or what you want or what you don't want or whatever, you know, you got uh, anything else? No, I
0: think that's a wrap. So just to summarize real quick, uh, expressing your emotions, expressing your feelings is a big lesson of mine. Um, number two, it's okay to fill my own cup as opposed to filling everyone else's cup first and number 3 kids shouldn't come first in a relationship but ourselves and the relationship take a higher priority because you know what the what i realized is that the kids you know all of these moments where i when they were younger when i thought oh i can't you know i can't leave them behind they're going to cry they're going to be sad i can't get a babysitter or whatever they don't remember those moments. They have no memory of having a meltdown when, for me at the time, it was so traumatic. And I think mm. they would just laugh about it now, now that they're in their 20s. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But you don't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. So can you recap yours real quick?
1: Yeah, mine would be knowing yourself, keeping your identity, or finding your identity. Sometimes right. you have to rediscover yourself or reinvent yourself depending on the circumstances you're living and who you're living with. Uh, The other one is being a better listener, you know, really listening to yourself, but also to your partner and to other people. Sometimes people have good advice we don't pay attention to. Um, It's hard to see shit when you're in the middle of the fight, but people standing outside the fight can see more. Uh, Oh, and treating your spouse as a friend and not as a piece of property or, or as a, Oh, she's my wife. So I I don't have to do that or whatever. I mean, treat your your partner, I should say, politically correct, as a real friend. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Love it. I married you.
1: I can't, I can't help you. It. I'm perfect. Mm. <laughs>
0: well, that's a stretch.
1: But... <laughs> I know. I know it is. Hey, can I game now? I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. On that note, it's a wrap, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Complex Couple. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit paypal.me forward slash thecomplexcouple. We donate 10% of all proceeds to the National Alliance to End Homelessness. And be sure to subscribe, share, and write a review for this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week.